Panzercrush.com. I now pronounce you President of these United... Stop the inauguration! I just discovered a President-elect got it up in second grade gym class! In that case, I sentence you to a lifetime of horror on Monster Island. Don't worry, it's just a name. What he meant is that Monster Island is actually a peninsula. Podcast. We are your hosts, Jessica, and I am Chris Eaton. Oh, Jessica, what an age we live in. Uh, we are T-minus two weeks away, or a week and a half away from Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Like, we're living in an age where there's Harry Potter spinoffs. Can you believe that? Yes, yes, and you know, I mean, they're not really kaijus, but they are giant magical creatures. They are. I do bring this up, because it is a Warner Brothers film, and we will be getting a certain gigantic monster trailer with that film in about a week and a half. Um, <laughs> yes, part, part of the yes, full news we're going to be talking about. As we should. Yes. So we'll be getting the full Kong Skull Island, which is now officially part of the kaijuverse that uh, Legendary is creating. Uh, fair warning, before while you're listening to this, I've had a few beers before I recorded this. Uh, some friends from out of town came in, so we partied a little hardy. I promise I won't swear, but I can't promise I won't sound a little uh, off-tilter. So, um, so anyway, a uh, lot of stuff going on. Uh, last time we talked, we reviewed Shin Godzilla, to much acclaim. Uh, while that was going on, it did so darn well, see, I didn't swear, that legend, that Funimation, I almost said Legendary, expanded it for like another week. I think it topped out over, I think pushing close to $2 million? I'm looking that up right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, it got more. I'm not so sure what the exact numbers were. I am looking up right now. I think it did something like... It did, yeah, it did just shy of $2 million, which is astounding for a limited release film. That's because all you fools went out there and watched it several times when you could, so kudos to you. It really, it gave, look, it showed that there is still a market for this stuff, it should kind of make Legendary feel a little bit better that, you know, they're moving forward with this Kaijuverse. It should make Toho actually feel a little bit better than the fact that there's still a market in America for this stuff as well. Like, we we, we Round Eyes still want to see our giant monsters done, you know, in classic Japanese tradition. Uh, my, my present company not excluded. Um, <clears throat> so, good times were had on that. I actually do have... A giveaway, so stay tuned to the end of this episode. It is Shin Godzilla related. So, Jessica, please remind me of that if I do forget before we close out the show, okay? No problem. 
So, on that note, we do have a few things to talk about this episode. Uh, first off, speaking of Legendary, as we did say, the new Kong trailer is coming. When it does come out, we will review it at nauseum on the next episode, hopefully. Um, but, in the interim, there is some news to be talking about on the Legendary side. Mostly around Godzilla 2 and a little bit about Kong. So, about what, about four months ago, we learned that Gareth Edwards had exited Godzilla 2. Was that... Am I off on that, Jessica? Uh, say that for me one more time. Okay. About four months ago, did Gareth leave uh, yes. Godzilla 2? Okay, so roughly around that time, uh, he exited. Uh, not surprisingly. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He announced that he was not doing that one. Yeah. Not surprisingly, considering that he did that in the new Star Wars, which, by the way, looks splendid. Oh, I can't wait for Rogue One. Can't wait. Can't wait, Jessica. These are the movies that I want to see out of those, uh, out of the, the anthology films. Like, I want these kinds of stories. I don't... We're getting a young Han Solo film. The main reason I'm going to go watch it now is because a certain... A community actor by the name of Donald Glover has been cast as a young Lando Calrissian, which is choice casting, so he's the reason why I will go see that film. But, that being said, I don't want to see a young Yoda film. I don't want to see any, like, tie-ins to those characters. I want this kind of stuff, like, getting the Death Star plans, like, that kind of thing. Or, um... When they fir- when Disney was first scouting talent for the mo- films, apparently Matthew Vaughn pitched a film in which it was Seven Samurai with Jedi, and uh, Chloe Moretz was to be the lead of this particular film. I don't know whatever happened to it. I don't know if they're going through with it or not, but it sounded really cool. That's the stuff I want to see. I want to see that kind of cool stuff. <clears throat> Where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, Gareth Edwards. Coming back around to it. Sorry, I told you I've had a few to, few, few to drink tonight. Um, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I know you said no no young Yoda, but I would love to see baby Yoda. Well, you love adorable things, though. You can't help yourself. Like baby Yoda. That mm-hmm. would be amazing. And he grows up to be, like, the kick-ass little <laughs> thing that he is. Hell yeah. With those just big, like, dory, you know, like, eyes and ears and stuff like that. Like, if he had, like... Oh, little... my God, he'd be a movie. <laughs> if he had baby Dory eyes, you would just completely, like, fall apart, wouldn't you? I did. I would. I would. I would I would freak out if there was, like, a little <laughs> chibi movie version of, like, Young Yoda. I would, I would watch that movie seven times over, and <laughs> even if it wasn't good, I would still watch it. Because you just can't help yourself with the adorableness. It's like a like a corgi in like a suit. You just can't help yourself, can you? <laughs> yeah. I like cute things. You do, but you again, you're 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 a you're a young Asian woman. You can't help yourself. You you're attracted to these things like moths to a light. If it's adorable. <laughs> you can't help yourself. It's terrible. My home has like savage art of like Godzilla and Batman at the same time there's like a pile of plushies <laughs> did you see that little uh, like gift that's going around um, it's of the hedgehog that goes into the dinosaur puppet oh yeah 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 and it starts to get savage yeah yes. 
Yes, that that I can see that like you would it would like the, there would be a there would be an atomic bomb going off behind you, but you could not turn around because you cannot stop yourself from looking at the adorableness that's going on in front of you. Yeah, that might that might be the case. I've I've legit turned a sharp right while all my friends continued forward at a convention because something caught my eye. It was a cutie. Yeah, it was something cute. It was something cute, or it was something Godzilla related. Then I just make a sharp turn right, and my friends have gone eight eight <laughs> aisles without knowing that I'm already gone. You're like that small, like the small child that gets lost in the grocery store. Like the mom keeps moving and she turns around, and is like, wait, where, where'd my child go? You're still like four aisles over on the cereal, just looking at what whether they want Count Chocula or uh, Cocoa Puffs. That's true. That's true. My I went to the uh, I went to the Del Toro uh, exhibition that's currently oh, at the LACMA. How was that? Um, it was it was really good. It didn't have as much uh, Pacific Rim stuff as I would like, mm-hmm. but my friends flipped out because they were like, oh, "Jess," I was like, "What?" They were like, "You should have been Little Mako," <laughs> like for Halloween, and I was like, "Man," I was like, "All I have to do is get a blue coat." Mm-hmm. Like, have red shoes and mm-hmm. hold one and just limp around crying. True. And I said, but I would need someone in the back to, like, sprinkle fake ashes on me. So. I'm pretty sure you could find somebody to do that for you. Like, you could walk around a convention center with someone in, like, an Onibaba outfit as you're running away from them. Like, doing one of those, like, cosplay oh. re- recreations. That would be my dream. Somebody at WonderCon, make it happen. She will be there. We can get her to do this. It's in Anaheim this year. Come down. Dress like Onibaba. She will dress like Young Mako. We could have somebody in a Raleigh outfit just trying to kind of run next to you to try to reason with you. (laughs) Young Riley. (laughs) But other than that, I mean, how was the exhibition? Because I have wanted to get down there. I just have not had the time. Um, it's actually really 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 good um i think a few friends who went to the tim burton one and i believe a tarantino one thought it would be something more focused on his film mm-hmm. but it's, it's actually collection, collections right? from his home yeah it's like they, he just so, emptied out his collector's home yeah right? all right so it's like a lot of his yeah. like, cool sh- yeah. cool stuff yeah. is his giant frankenstein head yeah. display there yes it is it is and you know his bleak house is the name, you know, like yeah. all the stuff from his second home where he works and everything. There's, you know, Crimson Peak stuff. There's stuff from Hellboy and all all kinds of things. Pan's Labyrinth is actually a big one. And then a lot of his personal collection mm-hmm. from various like monsters and Frankensteins and like sideshow freaks and all kinds of stuff. So I don't, there's definitely some creepy stuff that I just had to like turn my eyes away. But I did overall very, very much enjoy the exhibition a lot. Okay. So, would it be something that uh, our audience would would enjoy if they went and saw it? I think so, yes. If they're more, uh, if they err more on the side of horror, yes. Mm -hmm. But if you're expecting to go in and see, like, 18 Pacific Rim things, there's not really too much of that. Alright, well, you know, it, it is his most recent of works, you know, uh, I would assume that he probably doesn't have a ton of stuff in there. I, kn- I know he kept a few maquettes, but other than that, I mean, he's a collector. He's a collector first. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah, he is. He is. And and there's some comic books as well um, in a room that he shows. And they're mostly like the um, Tales from the Crypt type comics and also Man-Thing and Swamp-Thing. So it's it's actually, I like the Man-Thing and Swamp-Thing because he has some comics that I also have. So I never really collected Tales from the Crypt or anything. Again, that's more horror-based. Mm-hmm. So, that, but yeah. he has a lot of the stuff. It's really interesting. Were they the um, Len Wein run of Swamp Thing, or were they the um, Alan Moore run of Swamp Thing? Uh, more the Alan Moore, and also a lot of the older things as well. Mm, okay, makes sense. He is a uh, he is a he does have a, uh, a, a affinity for that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, so. he does. He does. Well, yeah, I mean, the man, the, the man has pretty much just made his name a monster. So he hasn't, he hasn't pulled the Sam Raimi, Wes Craven, you know, mid-career crisis where they're like, I'm going to direct a non-horror film for once, and it doesn't really go well for them. Like, when Sam Raimi directed for Love of the Game, which I saw in theaters, not bad, but not the greatest thing in the world, or when Wes Craven did that violin movie with, um, oh, God, what's her name? She... She went, she's up for an Oscar every year. Um, oh, it's going to bother me. But anyway, yeah, he hasn't gone that route yet. Like, he's firmly entrenched in his monsters still. So, um, yeah, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, Legendary. Back on topic. Uh, <laughs> so it comes back to Gareth Edwards, who is no longer directing Godzilla 2, which I was he is not. fully in support of. Because when they announced he was going to direct all three, I'm like, no, that's going to be bad. Because otherwise, then you get, like the aforementioned Ram, Sam Raimi, when you don't want to do a part three, then you get a Spider-Man three, which is a complete mess. Although I still like that film for, you know, various reasons. Um, but yeah, it is a mess of a movie. Um, you know, he can move on do other things. Godzilla is not something that he has to do completely. So... Legendary is now without a director, and we—I figured that sooner or later, because it has a 2019 release date, we will be hearing something very soon, especially around the holiday season. And I was spot on with that because this week or this last week, Legendary announced that they have hired uh, a pair of writers for Godzilla 2 in the Krampus team, Krampus slash Trick or Treat team of Michael Dottery, Dottery. Yeah, Doherty, Michael. Doherty, Doherty, thank you. And yeah, Zach, Doherty, yeah. Yes, and Zach Shields, who both who both did um, Krampus for Legendary, which was a surprise hit for the company last year too. That movie did exceptionally well for a small, low budget, you know, Christmas themed horror film. Um, so they're going to be. They were originally set to pen it, in which they are still set to go. When that news broke, I'm like, you know what? I give it a few hours until they announce that possibly uh, Dotary is going to direct. And lo and behold, Chris was once again vindicated when the word broke from ScreenCrush.com that Dotary very much is in line for the director's chair right now. So there hasn't been an official word from Legendary, so I think they're just waiting until production gets ready to start before... But it looks like uh, Dotary is going to direct Godzilla 2, of which makes me very excited because I love Trick or Treat. It's a fantastic horror anthology film. Uh, let's not forget the man also co-wrote X-Men 2 with David Hayter. 
Well, actually, David Hayter did a draft, and then Dory came in and um, did his draft that eventually director Brian Singer did, ended up using X-Men 2 Fantastic Film. He also wrote Superman Returns for Brian Singer, which, all right, you know, three out of four is not bad, you know. Superman Returns is, uh, yeah, it's okay. It's an interesting mess of a film. Great Superman. Uh, poor choice of sticking to the Donner continuity. Um, I don't know. What did you ever think? I never asked you about Superman Returns. What did you think of that, Jessica? Um, you know, the first time I, there was only two movies where I ever, like, curled up in a fetal position and, like, rocked back and forth <laughs> and wanted to, like, get up and leave. Yes. The first one was Spider-Man 3, when he, Tobey Maguire, starts dancing. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, evil Tobey Maguire starts yes. dancing. And the second part was, I don't remember when in Superman Returns, but I got that reaction. Was it when now, was... here's the thing. Uh-huh. I'm a I'm a firm believer of when you complain about something, mm-hmm. the world will give you something worse. And I've seen it several times in my life. Mm-hmm. And personally, for me, Man of Steel was not the Superman for me. Uh-huh. Um, it's Superman for many other people, and mm-hmm. I think that's fine. Whatever gets you to start reading comics is mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, this Superman does not resonate for me. So after Man of Steel, I had a brand new, fresh perspective and like appreciation for Superman Returns. Interesting, very interesting. So it pretty much bit you so hard that the thing that came after it, you went back to this original thing. Yes, yes, it did. It did. Fascinating. Yep. Even though Superman does not throw a single punch in this film either. Oh, with Superman Returns? Yes. Are you talking about? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does not... He he does not do much. No, he doesn't. But you know what? He didn't lift that kryptonite island, though, so... He did something strong, which is why... Look, this is part of my reasoning of why, you know, you not have the same guy do the same thing, or, you know, let look, if you're going to redo something, don't, re, you know, take what made it work, you know, you know, take what you liked out of it the first time, and then kind of add your own spin to it. The problem with Superman Returns is that Brian Singer so so wanted it to be a Richard Donner film, and only Richard Donner makes makes Richard Donner films. That's including Timeline, people. That's including Timeline. Um, the problem with that is is that he was about twenty eight years a little too late to make that film, because nobody remembered. Well, at least nobody from my generation on really recalls Superman 2 as much as the generation before us. Now, a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, and look, look, Superman, look, the Donner Superman films are fine. They're great. They are very dated, but the thing that makes those movies work is Christopher Reeves, first and foremost. The second thing that makes them work is Gene Hackman, who is a super wacky Lex Luthor with real estate scams. Um, Kevin Spacey, great Lex Luthor, Brandon Roth, actually a really good Superman. Just the whole like continuation of the post-Lois Superman hookup and them having the kid, you threw everybody off. And then, as much as you want to make Superman su- super squeaky and clean, he got a little creepy at points when he's just watching from afar into Lois's window. 
and his apparent child, too. And the whole point of Superman is just like, he's lonely. That's the whole point of the film. He's lonely. And then we get Lex doing another real estate scam. So, again, as I said, Michael Dutry, for me, you know, two out of three isn't bad. It, what, what he, I haven't seen Krampus yet. I have heard people do nothing but rave about Krampus. So they said it's like a nice throwback to like 80s horror films like Gremlins. So sounds great. I probably will watch it this, this Christmas. Um, but I, again, I love, absolutely love Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat's an amazing film. So if anybody, especially under the legendary payroll right now, is more than qualified to direct Godzilla 2, it is this man. So if it, it turns out to be true, and it turns out that he is the final pick and he will be directing, I think we, we will all get what we wanted out of a sequel to Godzilla that a lot of us were asking very different things out of the first one. I think we will get a great Monster Bash film. And more than likely, I'm going to go on the limb that all three, Rodan, Mothra, and Ghidra, will be used in this film. Especially if they're building to King Kong versus Godzilla. They're not going to sit around and wait on King Ghidra. Unless they throw Ghidra in the third film. But God only knows how, well, how that'll work. So, Daudry, Daudry, what I whatever his name is, uh, excellent, excellent pick. If it turns out he does have the job, which I got a feeling he really, he actually does right now. So we shall see where Legendary goes with this, especially considering that the news that came out with this is that Legendary, now under, you know, their, their Chinese masters, uh, are putting together a, uh, a writer's room for their Kaiju-verse. So... Uh, they are definitely planning more Kong films. They're definitely planning more Godzilla films post-King Kong versus Godzilla, or whatever it's going to be called. And uh, look, we're through the looking glass, people. We're living in a golden age where, as I've said before, we got Toho going on. They're making an animated Godzilla movie. That alone should be we should be jumping for joy for. But that legendary is like, yes, we're going to crank these out until the end of time. So sit back and get ready. We should all be, like, just tingling right now. The fact that they're going to do more Kong films, like, more Kong adventures, like him maybe possibly fighting, like, a giant centipede of some sort that rampages through, let's say, ooh, Shanghai, because that's how things work today. I am down for that. I am super down for that. Or, or, they could twist in a couple of the Toho monsters and work them into a Kong film that could work their way back to a Godzilla film. Who knows? But it's a great time to be alive, though. Oh, it's a great time. Great time, Jessica. It is. It is. And I was telling a friend of mine, like, the reason why people complain is because they're not getting the live action that they always wanted or what they thought that they would get. But the mm -hmm. issue is the fact that we're getting it at all mm -hmm. is a positive to look forward to. Very much so. Like... Be thankful we are getting what we what we are getting. We're 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 very spoiled these days. Like we've gotten so much good that now we're like eh, what else you got? Like we're numb to it now. Like here here's the thing. Best example, I wasn't really looking forward to Doc Strange. Um you know, the previous kind of made it look like, you know, like ah, they're really harping on uh on Inception a lot. Turns out that is not the movie that that, that Marvel was marketing. It is. Doc Strange was fantastic. Did you see it? I did. I did see it. And were you uh, Were you like me, pleasantly surprised by how well it turned out to be? 
You know, it was less of an action than I thought it would be, mm-hmm. but I chalked that up to sequels mm-hmm. because if you blow everything in the first film, yes. you're not. I mean, if you keep upping the ante, like there is, you know, there's a certain limit to mm-hmm. it. Um, it's it. I was impressed with how much they spent on not so much his origin, but his training. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a. I know someone named uh, Brian Walton. You can look him up on Facebook. He's a lovely, lovely chap. And uh, he says he saw Doctor Strange before I did, and he had written something that I actually laughed at at the time because I knew it was most likely going to be true. Mm-hmm. And then I watched the film afterwards, and then I was like, "Oh, I get what he means." And it, he says, "You know, love Doctor Strange. It was good." He goes, "It was oddly what what the Green Lantern movie should have been." Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Oh, okay." And when I saw it. One of the major things that Green Lantern kind of glossed over was how long his training would have been, yes. plus the intergalactic stuff. Mm-hmm. And here, they really, really emphasized on training, studying, trying to learn, trying to get better. At the end, he's not the all wonderful sorcerer supreme, and no, he's you know, not. in the comics books, but he will, he will get there yes. in the second movie, in the third mm-hmm. movie. So. They really went through his training, and of course, we saw intergalactic stuff. Mm-hmm. So when I saw it, I was like, "Okay, it makes sense." Like if they followed the similar notions, you know, the Green Lantern film would have been something different. Mm-hmm. So I actually really, I did like it. I really, really enjoyed Christine Palmer's character. Mm-hmm. If you you can look her up on Marvel, uh, Marvel dot com, mm-hmm. and I really liked her character because she was never petty or hateful or know any of that negative stereotype uh so i i did i did like christian palmer i i liked you know all the after credits i don't want to spoil <laughs> it i guess for those who haven't seen it some people may be waiting till after the election to, to watch it as like a like a like a award like a reward for themselves like we've gotten through this, so we've gotten um, through the, the media tornado maybe now we, we will in, we will feast <laughs> upon dr strange yeah yeah i mean you know, the the main villain looked different than what I had expected from the comic. In the comics, he looks a certain way, the... and then in the in the film, he looked a little like, oh, all, are all you right, about, oh, okay. Are you talking about but Hannibal? you know, I are you talking about I understood. I understood what they were trying to do. Yeah. I'm sorry. What? Are you talking about Hannibal? Or are you talking about the main main villain? Oh, no, not, not, not Hannibal. The main villain. Okay. The main villain. Yes, because he has a very unique look about, about himself. So. Yeah, they they yeah. they kept some of the traits, but then they they tweaked others. So, but th- it was a very clever finish to how Strange fought him, though. Though, like I would give that full. It is. Point. It is. Like the film. It is. It is. Like that film did not lull on a lot of the stereotypes that some of the Marvel origin films lull on, like especially like the romantic subplot and. You know, the whole, you know, learning everything, like the whole training sequence. Like, there was, it got to the point it needed to get as fast as it needed to get, but just enough time to kind of sit there and really take it in, though. And they did just the right amount of explaining everything, too. We're like, okay, I'm good. Let's let's move on. So. Right. You know, and some people didn't like the way Doctor Strange fought the villain, mm-hmm. the main villain. And they felt it was kind of like a, a, a cheap way out from the writers. And I was like, yeah, but if you're also seeing it from the character's point of view, it's torture. Exactly. So, you know, there's 
there there's sacrifice to that. So As, yes, I think a lot of them were probably used to more of the of fist fest. fighting, yeah, and everything. Like so big... something more um, physical and action filled in that way. And not only that, the most visually appealing Marvel film to date, too. Like, it, it definitely did not. Definitely stepped outside the the safe boundaries a lot of the Marvel films really set themselves up into. Like it's a it's a visual feast. Like definitely see it in like you know 3D. I saw it on IMAX and woo, good times, very good times. Um, real quick, there's some Pacific Rim two news we need to talk about. Um, filming is underway. John Boyega has been tweeting from the set, so everything is looking hunky dory. Uh, they have uh, a, a, a new cast member was announced this week, and uh, he has ties to Tokusatsu. So uh, his name is uh, I'm gonna butcher this. Makenyu, M A C K E N Y U, uh, Medea. I believe that's his name. M A E D A. M A E D A. Sorry, it's late. I'm a little, I'm a little tipsy. Uh, <clears throat> who was in *Kamen Rider Drive: Surprise Future* the movie? Uh, he has he announced on Twitter that he has joined the cast down in Australia for *Pacific Rim 2*, which is still technically going under the uh, sequel name of *Maelstrom*. Don't know if that will stay that way though. They might have something else for it too. So they're 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 expanding upon the international flavor of the film still. So as it should because that's the main reason why the film is getting made because well because China liked it a lot. Japan I guess liked it but China liked it a lot more. So but if you're doing a movie about giant monsters in general, but you kind of like by law need to have a Japanese guy or girl in there somewhere somehow. Uh, I think I think that's you know like NATO like put that out there like years ago. Like, if you're going to have this, you need to have this. <clears throat> Alright, uh, real quick. Also, did you hear the news, Jessica? We talk about Voltron on the show every once in a while. You yeah. Know, you and I are big fans of the Netflix series. Y- yes, we are. Yes, and you're still hoping against hope that Shiro does not bite it like his original counterpart. Yeah, I mean, I get the feeling which direction he's going, mm. but you know, <laughs> well, we'll see. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to like assume anything, and then you, you don't, you know, want to go in kind of fresh. You don't want to, you don't want to worry about the worst. You want to brace for the best. Well, good. Two bits of news. Good thing is that we get to see what happens to Shiro and the rest of the crew when Voltron returns to Netflix come January of 2017. So, that really, like, maddening cliffhanger that I left on that I I had a meltdown over for about four hours before I calmed myself with a nice cup of green tea and then still said, you sons of mothers. Um, <clears throat> you, you toyed with my emo- They toyed with my emotions, Jessica. They toyed with them so hard. Like, we looked, we looked like we were getting Lotor. Like, Lotor was coming in. I'm just like, no, it, there's there's 30 seconds left. They, they're not they're not done fighting. What's going on? So it looks like they filmed both seasons back to back, and they just had them, you know, Netflix is like, oh, oh, you fools. We have we already have them already stashed. We knew this was going to be a hit. So season two was announced at New York Comic Con uh, a couple weeks ago, about a month ago now. Uh, it be hitting 
Netflix in January. So we get to see what happens to Shiro and the rest of the Voltron force. Um, including the announcement of some really crummy looking toys. Which was really disappointing to me because I was really looking forward to like action figures for, you know, Voltron Legendary Defender. And unfortunately, Playmates, who's doing them, uh, yeah, I guess they're fine if you're a kid. I'm an adult who likes expensive toys, and I was hoping for something like that. Then again, I'm kind of projecting my own insecurities upon a toy company, so I really should not be doing that. Um, that being said, apparently Voltron is back in such a big way that Universal, who has the deal, who I believe owns uh, DreamWorks Animation, who made the deal with Netflix for, uh, for, for the new series... They have the movie rights now, and apparently they're like, all right, well, this is popular right now. So, in the last ten years, they've been various studios have tried, and now Universal is taking a crack at the Voltron movie. The big difference here is that, unlike the last few attempts, they actually have a legitimate writer already penning the script, and he is none other than the aforementioned X-Men 2 writer, David Hayter. So he's taking a crack at the script for Voltron, which now, if it's at Universal, uh, I would put dimes to dollar that Legendary gets in on this somehow. Like, they get in on that, you know, sweet giant robot money. And uh, we might actually see a Voltron film happen at last for realsies. For realsies, Jessica. I know. I know. I remember seeing, like, a concept poster for it. Yeah, that was back when, I think, Justin Marks, who famous, he has two big writing credits to his name right now. He has The Jungle Book that John Favreau made, which is a, an amazing movie. If you haven't seen it, go rent it. Go get it off whatever you watch it. Go get the DVD. It's fantastic. I loved that Jungle Book. He wrote that. He also wrote a little movie called Legend of Chung Lee, which was a tire fire of a film. So, turns out, you could make a Street Fighter movie worse than the 1994 Raul Julia Street Fighter movie. It's not... Apparently, it was very hard to do, but they managed to do it, and Justin Marks was the guy that wrote that script. At the same time, he had apparently landed a bunch of gigs. So, while Street Fighter was being made back in 2005, 2006, he also got the gig to write a He-Man movie, which they called Skull, which pretty much threw out a lot of the methos and made it into like a 300-esque film, which it, on paper sounds good in, in execution doesn't sound like it's going to be the greatest thing in the world. Thankfully they didn't use that. He also did a 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea script, which I heard was not the great. He also did a script for Voltron in which the lions were all made of like scrap parts and the war, to, the war between the drool and... Voltron Force took place on Earth, mostly in Mexico, of all places. And, yeah, so, uh, let me tell you a quick story. 21-year-old Chris, who is a massive film nerd and takes things way too seriously on this end, uh, heard about this, read tidbits of the script, and, you know, his nerd rage flowed. It has Ed in many of years. You'd be surprised. Um, I was at Comic-Con, of all places, uh, about 2005-ish, so this was right when the Street Fighter movie was coming out. <clears throat> I'm at the Capcom booth, 
They're promoting Street Fighter Five or Street Fighter Four, and uh, they're doing a poster signing. So I walk up. I'm like, oh, hey, you know, can I get one? They're like, yes. And this is back when Comic-Con gave away giant, full-size, luxurious posters. People made full um, 37 by 40 posters that they would give out. You can grab a bunch of these things. Nowadays, it's all these crappy mini posters. So I had to sign by the guy, and then the guy, I'm like, well, what do you do? Because it's just people sitting there. They don't even tell you what these people do. Like, it could be just some, like, stranger, just like he just grabbed a bunch of these things and is pretending to be someone who works for Capcom. Um, signing it, and then uh, there's another dude sitting next to him signing it. He's like, oh, would you like this guy? I'm like, sure. And as he's signing it, the gentleman tells me, oh, hey, uh, do you know who that is? I'm like, I do not. And he's like, that is the guy that wrote the Chung Lee movie that's coming out. And I had one of those moments where I snapped into my head, and I'm like, okay, I could do one of two things right now. I could, you know, uphold my, you know, nerd cred, and I could go off on this guy about what the hell are you thinking? You did all this. Like, you're doing this in these films, blah, blah, blah. Like, go, like, just tear him a new one. I don't do any of that. I simply go, ah, how, hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah. How are you getting all these gigs? I don't know. I wrote a script for Voltron. They think I can do cartoons. I'm like, ah, all right, see ya. And I walked off. Pretty much showing that it doesn't matter how angry you get about certain things, it's not really going to change a lot of things, especially when it comes to films. Because um, once they're in production, you can't do much. So, and then, you know, years later, I would sit back and like, well, the guy is just trying to make a living. He's trying to write films. He's trying to just, you know, do the best he can. Who the hell am I who has not done anything to start yelling to completely go off on this guy at Comic-Con, which I'm glad I didn't, even though my friend's like, dude, I thought you were going to go off on the guy. I'm like, no, cooler heads prevailed on that. So, when I, w I bring this around to the fact that whenever we complain about certain things, like we don't like the look of certain things, it all comes down to how you, you vote with your wallet, if you will. If you didn't like, you know, how Shin Godzilla looked or anything like that, you didn't have to go see Shin Godzilla they would have gotten the message. If you didn't like how Legendary did their thing, you didn't have to pay to go see Legendary. But if you did go pay to see Legendary, you still voted, and that showed Legendary, hey, at least people are willing to turn out. So, really kind of think before you, you really, you know, start to complain and then invest. Because most times i found with people, as much as they complain, they still go see, the, they go still see anything that, you know, it's put in front of them. So, that's like every single Transformers film. Exactly. They make so much money, and they're not stopping. They are never... It's, Jessica, they will make those movies until the sun burns out, and the last <laughs> folds in upon itself, and then releases a new Big Bang, creating a new universe. Those films will be the leftover like oh Galactus. They will be the Galactus of that universe. Like, they will be the survivors of the old universe and thus have to feed upon the the, the, the supple, energy-rich nature of this new universe. And that is how they will survive. They will keep going. They will form into a robot of their own. The DVDs and whatever media happens in 8 billion years from now will be its own entity. And we will... People... the the I'm, What I'm sure will be the roach-slash-bunny people of the far-distant new universe will be running in terror from this thing. Oh my goodness. It's <laughs> never going to stop. It's never going to stop. Much like kaiju films, they're never going to end either. 
It's a girl. It's a golden age. It's a golden age. All right. We're going to keep this episode short, mostly because it's late. Um, and tomorrow is, as we're recording this, it is voting day. And Jessica is a bit of a political junkie, so she is getting prepped for tomorrow, are you not? I am, I am, but I also already mailed in my ballot. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother did ask me, did you vote for Godzilla? And I was like, no, I, what? No, I wouldn't write it in. She was like, okay. Was her- it was like halfway between like curiosity mm-hmm. and also extreme rage if I did, because that means, you know, I... You know, I threw away something that is was given to me. You know, the ability to vote both as a minority and as a female. Mm-hmm. So my mom didn't want me to squander that. Mm-hmm. I don't blame her for that. But she also was like, I wouldn't put it past you to do it. And I was like, no. I was like, no. But um, no, I already, I already did mine. And I am just waiting to see how it goes tomorrow. However, I think I'm going to try to treat tomorrow as a normal day and then wake up Wednesday morning. To find out, because I believe Alaska's results don't come until like midnight, like their last, just due to time zone and everything. So you know you can declare a winner on Tuesday, but when you wake up on Wednesday, the results might speak something different. So or, I'm going to try to Wednesday will be my my Tuesday. Or like when Bush and Gore went at it, we didn't know until. Oh God! Oh yeah! I mean, you went to bed thinking Gore won. Yeah, you woke up. <laughs> To Bush winning, Everybody. like Bush, like you know, did the final thing. So everyone was like, "What?" And then when the electoral college finally got together, we finally found out what what went down. So <clears throat> it's a wonderful time, people. It's a wonderful time. So um, yes, so we wanted to get something in for the beginning of the month because there's some things to talk about, and we will be back in a few weeks to talk about what I'm assuming will be a glorious King Kong trailer. And we can get Jessica's glee-filled rants, what I'm assuming will be her favorite film of the year with uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Him. It's Harry Potter and cuddly, you know, mystical creatures. There's nothing that she cannot not like in this film. By law, she has to love this Like, film. I, I know, I'm so excited. <laughs> so excited. I think if I was in the universe mm-hmm. of, of Hogwarts and Harry Potter and all that stuff, I would definitely be like a magi zoologist. Mm-hmm. So that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be my career. Hey, look, it's given um, Dan Fogel a new lease on life, which I'm happy to see him like bounce back from Mars and his mom's. And uh, you know what? It looks like a more adult Potter-esque film, which I'm actually looking forward to. I, I like the Potter film. Not a Potter nut. I did like the movies a lot, so uh, I'm looking quite looking forward to this. And there's gonna be a lot of cool stuff. Like, well, uh, we get. Let's see. There's there's Kong, and there's uh, one other trailer coming on that too. What did they say? There's something big coming. I don't remember what. Something just got. Dang it! That's gonna bother me. Cause we already got Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman came out already, and then. Logan, which oh my God, Logan! Oh, looks so good. Um, I think Capone, I am very excited for X twenty three for uh, Laura Kinney. So we'll see how that goes. I'm hoping she rips a guy's eyes out with her claws. I'm hoping they give us that in this film because they promise R rated. So, but oh, it looks so. Good. It looks. You know what it looks like? It looks like Lone Wolf and Cub with mutants. That's what it looks like. And I. Yeah, 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 it does. 
Yeah, it does. So, oh man, that's gonna bother me. There was something big coming with uh, Fantastic Beasts, but others besides freaking uh, Kong. Oh well. Say la vie. It is what it is. All right. Uh, real quick before we go, I do have a giveaway, as I promised at the top of the show. Uh, I have a few Shin Godzilla posters from Funimation. They're 11 by 17 in size, so they're about print size, if you will. They're not uh, like the big theatrical posters, but if you want a little Shin Godzilla to hang on your wall, I have five of them to give away. And I'm making it easy. This is what I'm looking for. So uh, I want you guys who aren't following us on Twitter, and even if you are, you can you can still enter this. Go like us on Twitter, and this is what I want uh, sent to us. Just you know, ha you know, tag us. I need the name of Hideki three of uh, the three films Hideki Anno directed before well, his live action films. Let me make that clear: his live action films, not his animated movies. His live action films that he directed before Shin Godzilla. It's just a quick Google search. It's not that hard. The first five people will get a Shin Godzilla poster from us. And Jessica, what is that Twitter handle that the people can, can send that to? You can send it to the Kaiju, uh, sorry, the Kaiju Kingdom. At the Kaiju Kingdom on Twitter. So there, there is no podcast at the end of that. Nope. So it's just the Kaiju Kingdom. Yep. Jessica was very, very upset about that, too. She's like, how dare they? How dare they cut that off? So, um, and please, if you like what you hear, tell a friend, tell a loved one, tell a neighbor. Pass this around. We're trying to get out there. We're trying to, we're, we're, we're trying to reach for that crown of like top kaiju podcast. You know, you know, we, we want we want that mountain. We want to hit that mountain peak. So, we're uh, we're doing pretty good. We do better. So please send love. We love that you guys are listening. You know, and you know, we're not asking for much. Just if you like it, please, you know, let's let a loved one know. See if someone we can hook some more people on to the to the wonderful world of kaiju's, or if, at least if at the very least you love our wacky banter, you could do that. So, on that note, Jessica, besides Twitter, where can the good people find our work? You can spread the good news and also listen to us. We are on iTunes. Mm -hmm. As the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. We are also on Facebook as the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. Mm -hmm. And if you would like to write us a private email, good or bad, hopefully good, we are the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast at gmail.com. Uh -huh. And you, we are also now part of the Panzer Crush Podcast Network at panzercrush.com. We have two other shows uh, going. One is set to debut this week. Uh, we have the Realmcast Take Two for all of your nerdy, nerdy news. If you like uh, that kind of thing, uh, hosted by myself and Sergio Sanchez, and then our wrestling-based podcast, The Four Post Massacre, hosted by my good friend Charles Music, with me sitting shotgun on that one, debuts later this week. You can find all those on PanzerCrush.com. You can follow us on Twitter at PanzerCrush, P-A-N-Z-E-R-C-R-U-S-H, and we're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash panzercrush and it's the panzercrush podcast network so you can find all that wonderfulness we have a, I got a lot more lined up for, for this whole big podcast network thing that, uh, that we're working on so do stay tuned alright well it's a short episode but you know what keeping it we're keeping it simple and sweet that will do it for this edition of the Kaiju Kingdom podcast for myself and Jessica 
Thanks for listening, guys. 